Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Special treat tonight. I've got one of our favorites. He's back from the dead. Lazarus himself. Chris, how you doing, mate? Hey, mate. Pleasure to be back. Um, living life over in the sunny confines of England uh, and long overdue a chat here on the podcast. Mate, very excited. I've got a gimmick for you today. And obviously, with our wrestling fandom, we, we're all about a good gimmick. And I thought this is, I need a straight shooter on this one. So I'm very excited to have you on because I want to talk about, we've been talking a lot of Supercoach on this podcast, but I want to take a holistic view of the comp. We're obviously two rounds left in the regular season and we're about to hit finals. And all I keep hearing is the three-peat is on. The Panthers are going to three-peat. There's no one else to challenge. I want to challenge you, Chris. We're going to look at the ladder right now. You're going to tell me, why each of the remaining teams that are left in finals contention can win the comp. Just very quick. You can you can tell me they, you, they can't win. You can tell me the first team right now. So let's go through very, very quickly. Tigers, Dragons, Dogs, Dolphins, Titans, Manly. I'm sorry. Great fan bases. You're gone from this conversation. We don't want to hear from you. you Come back next year. You've broken my heart already. And here I was thinking we could make a case for the Tigers. It let's, may not be today, Matt. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be in our lifetime, but they can do it. Let's make that let's make that conversation for next year. But let's start with my Parramatta Eels. Now you can tell me, Chris, they have no chance. But if they win out and the other teams all lose, why can Parramatta win the comp? Well, I would love to tell you that they can't, and I think um, my math may not be phenomenal, but I don't think they can. But the, this team is only a year removed from a grand final. They're they're not, on paper, a bad team. If we look back to the start of the season, those first seven, eight rounds, they were very, very competitive against some very good sides that we've seen across this season. Um, I think the Dylan Brown is back. He, he looked, you know, the player he was before. No Moses, obviously very, very disappointing. I think Sivo as well out on that left edge has had quite a disappointing year but with Sean Lane coming back in this week um, there is a chance that that left edge goes on a massive tear away that we saw through the back end of last season um, that could theoretically not mathematically but theoretically see them pose a problem to the big teams and they are the one team that has consistently given Penrith trouble and I don't see many other teams able to do that. Look that was obviously that's for me I needed that one because you know I'm a little bit sad but let's get into the actual teams. So the team, the first team of the rankie is someone who I think will make the finals. And I think if they make the finals, it's a discussion point. The Sydney Roosters. Now, we've been talking about the Roosters for the last two years. They've got the team on paper. If they click, they're turning the corner. And it hasn't happened. If they get through the Tigers this week, which I think is a very good chance that they do, they walk into a sudden mm. death showdown with the South Sydney Rabbitohs with no Latrell Mitchell. Chris, when they win that game, why can they win the comp? I I think it is that paper paper round, right? We we have seen, and I think you and I both went into this season thinking there are definite top four prospects. Um, maybe Robbo has you know timed this better than ever before. We, we've gone through the season with them showing glimpses, but not a lot. But the attack has really kicked into gear in the last couple of weeks. Kiri's looking great. Uh, Joseph Swalihi, the chief out on the wing, is starting to look 
you know, like the meter eater he always has been. Uh, and Manu's looking great. You know, throw Sam Walker back into the mix as a little bit of X factor. And I think there's a lot of teams a little bit higher up the ladder in that, you know, fifth to seventh little rung there, hoping that they don't make it into eighth and that the the rabbits sneak in because on their day, I think they are one team that genuinely could put 30 points on someone um, with very, very little ease. Yeah. 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 I think Sam Walker is a huge in this week. If Sam Walker hits the ground running, you obviously got Joey Manu who will get a game of fullback potentially two. And he, you know, if Joey Manu gets on the run and goes back in the center and he starts roaming a little bit, you got Angus crying on the bench who just come back a week ago. If he can now turn into, you know, state of origin Angus, they just got like you said, it's on paper, but they've got they've got the caliber, they've got the cattle to do it. You know, I think Cheese has turned the corner last last couple of weeks. I think the Roosters are a good shout. Let's go to the next team. Let's go to Scotty Drinkwater's Cowboys. Now, this is a very interesting team. They've got players in and out. Obviously, no vow for the rest of the season, so he'll be in, in, in the finals if they make it. Same with Nanai, who's now injured with his AC joint. Why can the Cowboys win if they go on a run? They've obviously got the firepower, Chris, to get it done. What have you seen in the last eight weeks since they've really gone on this tear post-Origin? What can they do in this final series? So I, I think it's less what they've done in the last couple of weeks and more of what we've seen over the last 18 months. And the the forward pack that they've been able to put together is phenomenal. The the amount of depth that they have there, particularly in the back row, you know, trying to fit in you know, everyone between Luch, uh, Jeremiah Nene, Lukey's back from injury, um, and Finifuaki coming through this season. Right? They have massive strike there. That means that you know, if Val gets back into a, into a finals run, it, it opens up so many avenues and opportunities for them to score points. Do I think that they're, they're probably a little bit too leaky this year? Yes. But having such strength in the back row there enables them to move Jason Talmalolo into the front row. Um, having that sort of strike power there with uh, Cotter um, and McLean getting some really good quick play the balls, um, I think they can roll a lot of the forward packs that are left in the comp at the moment, um, which enables Scotty D to go go on a tearaway. Yeah, it's a great point. I think when you look at this forward pack on paper compared to the, some of the ones that's in this final series, if they can squeeze in, they've got the Dolphins this week, and then they potentially have an understrength Panthers team in the last round if they're on the resting mm. policy. And like I said, if they make it, and let's say they get in, the, they sneak <clears> in the eighth, and they've got the Sharks in round one. I'm backing the Cowboys in that game. I know it'll be at Shark Park, but you can't tell me that, you know, that leaky Sharks team against a team that can score like this Cowboys team. And I know, obviously, it just happened in Townsville and the Sharks got up them, but... I just have a feeling this Cowboys team, Todd Payton is one of those coaches where, you know, in a final series, who do I want between Todd Payton and Craig Fitzgibbon? Give me Todd Payton. So that's a great shout by you. Let's go on to, now we're in the team that's in the finals. And this is a team that's probably on the biggest back foot right now. We're talking cricket analogies. They've just had about five bounces in a row and they are leaning heavily on that back foot. It's the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Obviously, they're on the bye this week, so they get the automatic two points. Then they go into that sudden death shootout with the Roosters without their main man, Latrell. Chris, if they can get it done that last round, what's their finals prospects like? How can they win the comp? Uh, Rusty's going to put on a jersey. <laughs> he, the thumbs are going to be down. And we're going on a tearaway. Get the bell out now. See him on grand final day. Uh, I I think they're going to struggle, mate. I 
it, it seems that the club's in a little bit of disarray at the moment. Obviously, off the back of the the terrible news last week um, with the passing of Carl Turner, um, I think there's it's going to take something magical for them to get there. Um, we know they have the caliber of player to do it, but you know the people like Cam Murray are having really down seasons. I think they've had a lot of value off the bench. Players like Shaq Mitchell, Talis Duncan coming through have given them a little bit of a spark. Um, and we know that they have points in them. They have, you know, undoubtedly the greatest try scorer of our era uh, sitting out on the left wing. And we've seen they've been able to shake things up a little bit on that right-hand side with Koala and Campbell Graham, at least in the first half of the season, that actually gave them a little bit of a, a sting on both sides of the park. So people couldn't camp out on Cody on the left. Can they, they replicate that? You know, I think it was round 11, round 12 or so, when they beat the Tigers and moved into first. And for us having a conversation then, um, even trying to predict that we'd be sitting here now that they wouldn't even make the eight, let alone be be scrapping in, um, seemed unfathomable. So if they can recapture some of that early form, good early ball to Campbell Graham, I think they're a chance. They're, they've got the, the troops to do it. But I think with everything else around the club at the moment, it, it doesn't seem likely, does it? It really doesn't end, you know, even if they do get in and they win that Roosters game, they've got a good record against the Roosters recently, but, you know, they've made the, they made a handful of prelim finals in a row here. And that's when the club was firing and good stories coming out. You know, there's all these things about Cody and Latrell, Jason Demetriou, the vibes just aren't there. So I think that is a good shout. And you said it best. Hey, I think, I think we're up for the coaching gigs. Uh, yeah. I, I've got my CV ready. I don't know if you have, but, um, you know, coaching Oztag has got me ready. Mate, my uh, Rugby League 3 career is going great right now. Some of the signings I'm making, so I think I can make a good dent too. But uh, let's move on to Team 7. And out of all the bottom four teams right here, this is the team that I think on their day can match a lot of people. And that's the Newcastle Knights. I think it's a pretty easy question of if KP keeps firing, they can make it. But are they genuine shot here, Chris? Can the Newcastle Knights, if they can get a home final, which looks likely, it looks like they're going to be able to pass the Raiders and get that final up at McDonald Jones. If they win that first round and move into the second, what's the what's the odds that they can really, you know, put a tilt in this premiership to, uh, champion? Uh, it, it, it's hard to see a spine containing Phoenix mm-hmm. Crossland and uh, the ghost of Jackson Hastings or Adam Clune. Um carrying a team to a premiership um the the forward pack has has really stood up in the last couple of weeks and i think phoenix crossland has done a phenomenal job stepping in this season but uh it, it's going to be a gargantuan effort um the they're back five on their day yeah as good as anyone in the comp i think um greg the leg marju has come in this season had a few defensive issues in the past but has really stepped up on that side of the ball. And I think their win combination is, you know, possibly the best in the comp in terms of genuine try scoring ability. So if they can continue to lay a decent platform, get the ball wide, KP uh, leaving enough uh, of doubt in the the defense, I think those two wingers can carry them a long way. Uh, I just don't think they can do it for another six games to get them through to a final. Yeah, I think spot on there. I think as much as the Tyson Gamble Adam Clune last week, Phoenix Cross, and they've been great this year. To go in our finals camp and say, hey, go win three in a row, sudden death playoff games with that as your spine. Plus then also bring in the fact that 
when you look at this run, like they've won seven in a row here. What they did to the Rabbits was, I think nearly, it left me speechless last week, what they actually did to them. If they can go to to McDonald's Jones this week and do the exact same thing to the Sharks, I think I'm going to have a different opinion. I think if you ask me this question Monday night and they've towed up the Sharks 32 to 8, let's have another conversation. But right now, I think, like you said, not doubting them on paper, um, even though the names aren't there, just asking to do that three weeks in a row against high competitive competition is tough. Yeah, and like I, I think that the spirit of Newcastle is a genuine thing. I think mm. they are one team more than I think anyone else we're going to discuss here that can really have you know, the knowledge that the wellspring of that community is behind them. Even when Nathan Brown was there and they were, you know, struggling to win a game a season, those fans turned out. And I think it's uh, it's owed to them for the team to continue to turn up. That could get them over the line, but it is unlikely. Absolutely. I think the next team is probably going to be our shortest discussion. It is the Canberra Raiders. No. They've obviously done a really good job to get there where they are. They've obviously got a minus 108-point differential. They've been squeaking out these 1-12 to victories. But really, Chris, I don't think we can put a lot of spin on here unless they, they can drag a team down to play some dirty footy down there. But once we start getting into some... And I think this week is going to be a good test, right? Broncos off the bye. I'm expecting a bit of a bit of a demolition job here. But what can the Raiders do if they do squeak in and what can they bring to this competition? Uh, mate, you know every game's going to be exciting. Um, I think One that's what they bring to the rest of this competition. Um, they have found an uncanny ability all season to make the, the easy look really hard. Um, but they have continued to find a way to win. Mm. Um, and there's been yeah, at least half a dozen games this season where I thought they would run away with it and they haven't or that they should be nowhere near it and have magically come back. Um, that uh, Warriors game a couple of weeks ago is a great example where that was gone for all money and they they dragged it into, into Golden Point, but but weren't able to get the bickies on the day. So I think you know, if they can continue to you know, be lucky, and I think that's, that's all we can really attribute it to at the moment, um, I think their forward pack has been good. Um, Corey Horsburgh moving to lock has given them an extra bit of dynamic. Um but, you know, um, Elliot Whitehead probably should have been looking at a Man of Steel a couple of years ago um, mm. and, and trading that in. I think there's a few too many deficiencies in that team. And, you know, rolling out Seb Chris for half the season at fullback, not great. Uh, there's Jordan Rapana, the money man, your arch nemesis at the moment. Um, change that significantly? Probably not. But he probably has a few wingers scared that they might get their teeth knocked out. Yeah, like I said, they they've got the coach, they've got the the veterans are there, obviously, Papali'i, Rapana, some of these guys that have been there and done it. But yeah, it is a tall order. Let's move on to the top five because I think these are the five genuine contenders. Then we start with probably the lowest on the ranks here, the Cronulla Sharks, and obviously got the Dahlia medalist. They've got you know one of the best up and coming coaches in the league. They've turned a corner. They definitely have. They've shored up that left edge defense. But Chris, what can the Sharks do? They get in there. Let's say they finish fifth where they are right now. They've obviously got a knockout final at home at Shark Park. They win that. What can they do to make a tilt to try and dethrone Penrith here? I think they just have to play into the glass cannon memes that they, they've sort of become. Mm. They they have so many points in them. Um, I think trying to paper over that left side, you know, Trindle, 
great defender. I think losing Teague is a bit of a, a gap there. Um, but I think, um, yeah, not untoward in any way, but I think having Cam McInnes in the team and starting every week has helped shore up that middle as well. And, and with Toby coming back, um, they are looking a little bit stronger. Um, Tom Hazelton has been phenomenal. Um, coming off the bench and giving them a bit of spark with with Royce Hunt, so I think they've they've sorted out that middle rotation. Um, they just need to to score the points that we know they have in them. Ronaldo's having a great season. Um, Nico's popping up again. He's starting to look like the player he was before Freddie decided to uh, give him the old flick. So I think they can do it. I think they have the the attack to trouble everyone, um, even Penrith. But I think the the way that they play. And I think uh, Jason Oliver did a really interesting piece around it about them playing very uh, reactive and that the good teams don't give them enough to work off. Um, mm. And I think that could be something that troubles them against teams like Penrith that are very organized and very strict. But I think everyone else here, they can really, really trouble on the scoreboard. Yeah, great points. I think the bench is just well constructed this year. Like you said, Hazelton and Hunt coming through the middle and then Jack Williams able to play a little bit on the edge, a bit through the middle. I don't mind Matt Moylan coming in as that number 17 if, uh, you know, one of the spine places to go down. You know, throwing Matt Moylan out there, I think, is just that little bit of a option right now for you. Um, but I think the big thing for me really is going to be uh, Connor Tracy right now is I think you know what you're going to get with Will Kennedy. He's that type of guy. But in terms of um, what someone can do for you that doesn't really – Connor Tracy just to me is one of those guys that I don't know what he's going to give me from the fullback spot. I know he's only going to be 20 runs, but in terms of attack, you know, Kennedy is really good at popping up and being there in support play. Whereas I think Tracy's hands are a little bit better. I think his tackle mm. breaking is a little bit better. I think his lateral is a bit better. I just, I think all around he's a better footballer than Will Kennedy. And I just think that what you've seen these last two to three weeks since, uh, since Kennedy's been out and you've had Connor Tracy at fullback. There's a bit more variance in their attack. And I think Nico, you see that combination between Nico, Trindle, and Tracy. Just not to say it looks a little less clunky than it did with Kennedy, because obviously Kennedy was one of the form fullbacks when he was there. But just that little bit of unpredictability and a little bit more of a variance, I think, really does help Cronulla moving forward. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think in, in some other ways, they've been forced into some decisions with, with Talakai going back to center. Um, I think it's it, it's helped having Tracy come in to to bridge that gap a little bit and give them that little bit of extra spark. But I think we've we've gone over that conversation multiple times over the last year of is Kennedy the best fullback at the the club, um, with with Miller with Dykes as well, and I think Tracy's just the next cab off the rank, where I, I think Kennedy does a lot. I think he he suits that team really well, but I think maybe he was getting a little bit stale at the back end of the season and just having a new twist on things is giving them a new lease on life. Yeah. I just to up the sharks. I was just at the pub with Dave and, you know, we brought up this Kennedy conversation. And I think now if you look at the four fullbacks that have played for the sharks in the last year between Dykes, Miller, Tracy and Kennedy, I would have Kennedy four. And that's not a knock on Kennedy. He's a great footballer, but I just think that that fullback spot at the sharks is such a key position where you've got so much going through Hines and you've got so many great weapons out the back, and their edge forwards are really good, and their punch through the middle is great. They've got a great hooker. You just need someone who can just offer that little bit of... Kennedy's one of those players where he's going to be out the back, that that positioning is going to be perfect, but is he going to be able to just break the line by himself? Or, you know, if Nico's got tackled on tackle four, 
is that fullback going to come in and pop up and make a play himself? I just think that's what Tracy is. So definitely one that I think... Probably one of the great what-ifs for the the off-season is uh, what if they went all in on Lockie Miller? And uh, yes, now with the the news coming out this week, it's probably a little bit more salient, but um, would that team look radically different with a game-breaker, but also a bit more of a liability? Kenny's very, very safe. So. I my biggest what if what if was what if K Ducks didn't tear they sell in the offseason? I honestly thought that he would be the fullback by round ten if he was fit. And I think you would see a vastly improved fullback in there right now. But again, I think that's an off season pod that you and me can tackle. But the next team, we go down to the top four here. This is probably the biggest variance, Chris. And it starts this weekend with the jersey number nineteen. This Melbourne Storm team, who I would say between any of these top four teams has given Panthers the most trouble the last two seasons. I think it's the most experienced team out of the top four. If you throw a healthy, let's not call him healthy, let's say a 80% Ryan Pappenhausen at the back. Let's say he gets two good games in here, he rolls into week one, and we've got an 80 to 90% Ryan Pappenhausen at the back. Is this the best team to challenge the Penrith Panthers for the rest of the season? No. Ooh. I don't think they're the best team. Okay, but I do think they can challenge. Mm. It's it's hard to see a team trying to put all of their their eggs in a basket of someone that hasn't played football. I mean, granted, some some Queensland Cup lately, but off such a major injury, mm. or someone that was so predicated on confidence. Um, it's it's going to be a big step up. Um, obviously, when he came into grade, he was playing a lot off the bench in that sort of roving middle role. I don't particularly know if that's the, the best way you want to reintroduce him. Um, albeit with some, you know, I think this week up against the Titans, mm-hmm. uh, probably not the the worst game to be, be coming back in on. But again, right, you you want to be spending 20 minutes tackling Mofo and Tino. Not, not a great baptism of fire, but he, he is such an X-factor player. And I think with Jerome Hughes getting, being a bit more ball dominant at the back end of the season, um, I think it's really unlocked a lot of potential in the storm that you know their forward pack is is, is diabolical. Um, I think they're you know, committing to Trent Liero for a, a season on that edge. Uh, I guess maybe with the hope at the start that Tarek Sims might have been the guy, but that hasn't really panned out. Eli Katoa's back from his his eye injuries and and is looking good, but that middle rotation just seems a bit light on. Uh, but again, you look at that spine add Pappy back in there as well. And I think that also means that you could probably move Meany out um, to possibly center uh, where um, Tonema Payer is playing at the moment. And that could steal that up a little bit as well. Uh, there's too many good names there to say that they can't do it because mm. on any given day, one or two of those goes fire um, and they're unbeatable. You can carry anyone on that team to a grand final, I think. Um, Alec McDonald, Clive Churchill medalist. Let's sign him up. <laughs> Great points. And for me, the the puppy injection isn't so much. We know Melbourne can score points. I think their defense in the middles, like you said, is the problem. And I just kind of feel like if they're on a neutral field and Moses Leota and Fisher Harris and Isaiah Yeo are going up against that Melbourne four pack. I remember a couple, it was a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember who the team was, but Panthers played somewhere about three or four weeks ago. And I think in the first 20 minutes, Leona and Fisher-Harris had 10 runs each. They absolutely just laid the mm. platform down. And 
Look, don't get me wrong. Melbourne's doing some things right now that are intriguing me. You mentioned the Jerome Hughes ball dominance. I'm not going to understand if they go through a final series and Cam Munster is not ball dominant. So maybe they're just getting Jerome Hughes some touches here, get his confidence up, and then Munster knows when the games are on, I'm coming. I like that Harry Grant had a had an early spell last week. He was on the bench to start the game. 20 minutes in, comes in and gets injected. 60-minute Harry Grant. I like that a lot more than 80-minute Grant. I like yep. that NASA's starting Agreed. 13 this week. I like that, you know, NASA's has really been a couple of injuries in the middle of the season. He's really been coddled these last couple of weeks. And we know early in the season when they had NASA on, on one of those edges, things were happening. And you they mentioned that during the era spot. I, I feel very much to the detriment of the wider team. Yep. Naz in the second row, phenomenal attacking force. Doesn't have the stamina to do it. And it's, it's, it weakens their middle rotation so much that, you know, Welch up and down season, not great. Tui, again, with the off-field stuff off the off-season, wasn't quite there. Um, I think you need Naz in that middle rotation mm. to give them any sort of chance against the the big forward packs that I think we're going to touch upon shortly um, because they just get they get skittled. They don't have the, the bench presence coming on to support yeah. them. Yeah, I, I like Naz on an edge in targeted eight-minute spurts. You know I mean? If he comes on, let's say he's on the bench to start the game, and all of a sudden, at the 18-minute mark, I'm running Nass at Jerome Luai. And it's literally an eight-minute, go as hard as you can, give me six of your best runs, and then you're going to have a breather, and after half time, you come back through the middle. Something like that. It's a bit of variance, because you've got Elikaton on that other edge, who just is such a dominant ball runner. We've seen the last two weeks since he's come back, starting his... his ability to get over the advantage line and really not just, you know, get a quick play ball, just dent that line and really just rattle some players, knock them over and get a quick play the ball. I just think that Melbourne's got the ability where if Pappenhausen is 90%, if Munster is like, it's money time, give me the ball. If Green is playing 60 minutes and if that forward pack is just patched enough, if Nask and Kamakamika and Walsh can give enough through the middle for Grant to work around. And Katoa can be on that edge. I just think there's enough there to trouble and give some uh give some give some shakiness to the opposition of I know I don't know what's gonna happen here. But let's move on. I'm gonna skip a team mm. here because I want to finish on team three. Let's go to the Broncos. The Kevolution is back on. We thought it was dead. It's back on their second this year. They didn't have their end of season failure like they did last year. This is an incredibly young team, Chris. But with a trio of Haas, Carrigan, and Walsh, with an old head like Adam Reynolds there, where can this team go? How far can they go? I I think they can be their grand final day. Mm. I, I think this is genuinely the one team on this, this list that can trouble Penrith. And I think um, some of the conversation we've just had around having a forward pack that can stand up to the Panthers. I think there is maybe three teams in the comp that can do it. And I think it's fully fit Souths um, when when everyone's there and, and Junior Totola and Jairo are firing. I think it's the, the Warriors who will, will come along to shortly. And it's the Broncos who have, um, I think, in my opinion, the, the inform lock of the prop uh, of the comp in, in Carrigan. I think he's outperformed Yo and Murray quite easily this year. He's go forward, but also he's, you know, past selection has been phenomenal. Um, there's there's nothing else we could say about Payne Haas that hasn't been said. He's, he's a freak of nature. 
but they've got a lot of value out of some of those other guys there. Um, Brendan Piakura's come in, provide them a little bit of spark. Corey Jensen has been a very stable servant. Um, and I didn't think I'd say it at the start of the season, but Billy Walters looks like he might know mm. how to, how to football. Um, I, I was a big Corey pay fan. Um, but I think the rotation is working well at the moment. Billy getting enough minutes, but not too many, um, has helped that that forward pack, um, is, is so strong. You've got guys like Cobra Heverington coming in to add a little bit of juice off the bench as well. Xavier Willison coming in for short bursts and, and looking good. They've got the potential. Uh, they also have the depth if if something goes wrong. Marty Tapao's back, uh, I think, this week from his uh, UFC stint. <laughs> um, so, like, I think those those guys can stand up to Leota, Fisher-Harris, Spencer Lenu um, in a way that very few other teams can and lay enough of a foundation for a very, very strong outside backs. Um, A-Ray's health, a little bit of a concern. Um, I'm hoping precautionary, but I think uh, uh, our favorite boy, Reese Walsh, has really grown into the season. Um, he's just, he's electric. Um, they've got Herbie out on an edge, who I think has been the best center this year. Um, his, his ability to make yardage, been great he can stand up a player you get Corey Oates back as well who again in terms of yardage there's few better in the comp I think they're the most complete outfit to be able to stand up to the Panthers and they do have a win against them in Penrith this year yeah I think you make phenomenal points I think they will have they have one of the best chances to be there on grand final day but for me the team that we're going to finish on here the New Zealand Warriors your team I think this is the best shout. And I think that this is, they've got the forward pack, like you said. I think AFB can actually punch Haas in the face. I think Toe can punch Carrigan in the face. I think the combination of edge players, give it be uh, Mitch Barnett, give it be Jackson Ford, Murata Near Corey, Josh Curran. I think those guys add punch. I think. Yep. <clears throat> In terms of head keep head knocks out of it, I think Chance is the safest fullback out of the guys we've discussed. I think they've got the best try scorer in form at the moment is Dallin Watins Lesniak. I think potentially you will have an upgrade at five eight. I believe tomorrow Martin will come back in the next week or two. And I think tomorrow will walk mm-hmm. in over Luke Metcalf. And the biggest thing is I think they've got the he may not be the best player in the comp right now. He may not be in the best form right now but he's enjoying his footy the most, and that's Sean Johnson. And I think Sean Johnson behind this four-pack with great outside backs to finish his plays is the biggest weapon behind Nathan Cleary in this comp right now. Yeah. Um, all very, very solid points. And I think uh, SJ, the, uh, the the atmosphere that the team is generating as well in those home games, looking you know bang on now to get a home final. Over, I mean, week one might be a stretch, but week two or three, you know, the cauldron, just the the vibe is the hottest ticket in town in Auckland at the moment. I think that that team can go go places. I I have heard that it might be our year. <laughs> I think in terms of home atmospheres, and I think home field this year will swing games. I think the Panthers obviously have one of the best. I think Newcastle will have one of the best, and I think the Warriors. They were starved of footy for two years. They've come back there. Every Warriors game in New Zealand is an event now, and that team just feeds off. And then, like I said, 
it's different from previous years where they are built through the forwards. They lay, out, lay, they lay that foundation, whether it's Egan or Lusick or even at a pinch, uh, in at hooker, they just lay a platform. And I just think right now, Johnson is the Dalian medalist this year. I think they're yep. going to have a I, huge I think it's team. going to be hard hard for anyone not named KP scoring 42 points in the last seven weeks to, to get anywhere near him. Yeah, and I just think that I can't wait to, when we do our off-season farewells, I will obviously have you on for that Warriors have an in-depth discussion because just a, such a fascinating year for the Warriors. From where we were pre-season to where we are now to where we are next year with Roger Tuivasa-Shek, and I think they've got the potential to bring in another gun forward to really just shore up that four-pack and make it the best in the comp. If you mm. told me 18 months ago this is where we were with the Warriors... Would not have believed you. The way that Andrew Webster has come in, the way that Sean Johnson has revitalized, and now that Roger Tuivasa-Shek piece hanging in there is just the trajectory right now. Like I was saying to Nom the other night, Newcastle and the Warriors like this, Parramatta and some other teams like this, it's just such mm. a difference. It's such a difference. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It's a it's an unfamiliar feeling, I must say. Uh. <laughs> Up the waz, as we say. Well, Chris, thanks for coming on, mate. As always, your impact off the bench. You've come in off the back fence 100 miles an hour. We'll have you on again very soon, mate. Thank you for coming on. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks a lot. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back with another potty tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.